Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and only Average and only Yeah. We agreed I would do the intro this time because Haley keeps saying Hey, hey, hey. It's my character flaw. I'm working on it. Hey, if that's your character flaw, I think you're pretty good. Yeah, I only have one. That's it. Just one. Just yeah, everything one. else about me is perfect. Yeah. Debatable. <laughs> okay, um, hot take. We are going to do top guilty pleasures. For everyone, I know you probably know what a guilty pleasure is, but I'm reading it. Something such as a film, television program, music that one enjoys despite understanding that it's not generally held in high regard. Okay. Okay. This is me. Let me see if you can guess my one that I'm going to say right now. Okay. Maybe the first one the I thought of. Mine. Well, this is a music one. Oh my God. But ben Rector. I knew you were going to say that, but that, no. Like I, corny, no, terrible I trash have, music. Shut up. I literally almost made a roll before we started this of can we not attack each other's guilty pleasures? Because I knew you were going to attack my music. That's the only one, though. It's just so bad. Okay, I think your music is so bad. So you know what? I know, I know. It's a... Okay, are we going to fight over it? No. Okay, I don't want to fight. <laughs> Anybody that knows me would not think that this is a genre of music that I actually like, even though I hate that I like it. Oh, I'm curious. I don't think I know. You do know. 1,000%. No, I don't. What's the genre of music that I like, even though I'm like, it's the opposite of me as a person that I would like it? I have no idea. Country music, Maddie. Oh, I wasn't thinking that is like that bad. Oh, I don't like that. I like I listen to a corny country. Like I love a good sad country song, but I it's not like my that's not my genre of music that I always listen to. Yeah, but I like it. I don't like sad country. I like roll your windows down. Yeah, you're on a boat. Kind yeah, of yeah, I like that too. I also like a really corny country love song as long as you're not talking about like a tractor, or a truck, or your dog, or your high school. So like. Every... So that really cuts it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Who do you like? I'm confused. Um, I don't know. I don't really like anyone specifically. I like certain songs because okay. I'm picky. But I think it's the weirdest because I'm the most like liberal northern. Like <laughs> this is true. So the fact that I like country music sometimes is like really throws me. I don't think I would put country on nine times out of ten. But there's that one time I might. I think I only listen to it alone. Oh, that's weirder. Why? Unless it's like at, at like a beach or like yeah, that's on the a boat. one time I would put it on. Oh, like, see, yeah, then I would on the drive <gasps> to the beach. I feel like I have a lot of weird things that I like that people wouldn't guess, and that is also kind of embarrassing for me to admit. But the first thing I think you'll agree to this is like trash reality TV. Yeah, like, but you don't like Love Island. Yeah, there's a line like that's too too far. trashy for you. Like I love. No, this is embarrassing. Like, I love the Kardashians. I you love, do. You're right. Yeah, I love The Bachelor. I love... You love The Bachelor? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you loved it. I, I love mean, it. I mean, I'm not going to, like, research it and, like, follow all of them on Instagram. But I'll follow my favorites. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. I, I think yeah. it's so entertaining. I think The Bachelor is a good guilty pleasure because it's, like, if you have a job where you're stressed at all, which pretty much almost everyone does... Mm-hmm. 
you can just like melt your brain for a yes, little bit. It's a and numbing yeah. experience. And, I mean, granted, the goal is to not be emotionally invested. And do I get emotionally invested sometimes? Yes. yes. But a lot of the time, you just got to kind of zen out. What are other guilty pleasures? Um, I'm trying to think if I have any show. Oh, you know what I'm really on a kick with right now? Hmm. I love right now watching Unsolved Mysteries from like the early 90s. It's, it's like from the 90s and it's like these terrible reenactments. Oh my God, I have to show you them. They're so funny. And it's like, okay, they're interviewing people for them, but it's basically like they don't have any sort of script. They don't lead them in any type of way. So if they use the wrong word or something and there's, it's just awkward no and uncomfortable, editing. they don't tell them to redo it until they do it right. Like normally I would think they do. They'll be like, oh yeah, you, you mispronounced that word. Do it again. They don't do that in the in the Unsolved Mysteries. So, just, so it's just uncomfortable, but it's incredible. But they're like really interesting stories. So it's really funny. That's my guilty pleasure right now. I only watch it really alone. I make Emerson watch it with me sometimes. One of my guilty pleasures is competitive cooking shows. <gasps> oh, I love them. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I like the love. kids one. Uh, see, I don't like those. Oh, those why? stress me out because they're they're so invested and it's really sad. Mm. That's true. Yeah, but I could row some of those kids. Yeah, I know. They're just too fragile. But, like, Mm-mm. I've seen every cooking show on Netflix. <laughs> Zumbo's Just Desserts? Masterpiece. Never seen it. And I stand by that. I believe you. I do. It's so good. I do love a, I do love a good cooking show. Yeah. It's just, I don't Oh, you know what? Other than another show that me and Bethany really love, me, Bethany, and Louie, it's me third wheeling on their marriage nights, mm-hmm. Botched. Oh, I love Botched. I love Botched. That junk is wild. So and then good. also, like... Married at First Sight. Yep. Or mm-hmm. um, what's the other one? There's Married at First Sight and there's 90 Days there. Fiance. Yes. I, okay. I've never seen that one because I want to see the episode of The Guy with the Neck. I know. I know. Oh I'm my God. Why haven't we talked about this one yet? What? TikTok. Oh. We spend hours on TikTok. Yeah, we do. But I think this is where. Okay. It's shameful. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely bad. I don't watch that many dancing videos, though. I think mostly because I can't dance. So I'm automatically insecure. Um, but have I tried, I, oh my God, I tried to teach the kid that I babysit. You? Yep. I tried to teach Carter a TikTok dance the other day Mm. that I don't even know how to do. We just tried to learn it while Oliver was taking a nap. Corey and I literally binged High School Musical the musical. Which is so funny to me. I love that that was your guys' choice of binge. It was good. No, it is good. It actually is. I remember me and my mom watched it and we were like, wait a minute. Are we going to watch another episode? Well, me and Corey were like, let's just give the first one a try. And we had like nothing else to watch. So we were like, just looking around, it was when Disney Plus was kind of new. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I could either watch season two of Even Stevens because I blew through season one. Shut up. Favorite show ever. Really? I didn't know it was on there. What? No, I haven't. Oh my no, gosh. I didn't know it was on Disney Plus. Shia LaBeouf is the best kid actor I've ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, incredible. We're derailing here. Anyway, we were like, let's just try the first episode. After the first episode was over, we like looked at each other and he was like, you want to watch the next one? And I was like, yeah, do yes. you? And he was like, I'll go make more popcorn. <laughs> and we sat there and we watched it for like a week straight every day after work. And it was so good. And then I stalked all of them on Instagram and like well, you them. had to. You absolutely I know, they're had so to. cute. It's like the next the next generation of like famous people. What the think about it. famous after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just like Zach Efron, which is blew weird. up from yes. that. Because we always used to joke 
with Joey about how he was always going to be famous. Like, it was weird watching him. My mom, literally my mom and I, over Christmas break, we were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, like every single time he went on screen, like, he was like our, like, our kid. Like, we were just so excited about it the whole time. And it's weird whenever you know someone's going to, like, make it big. And yes. then they do. Yes. And you're like, it was so weird. We and called I, this. I even sent to him, I didn't preface this, Joey plays Sharpay, Sharpay. in High School Musical, the musical. Brilliant. And he was one of my best friends, like, in middle school into high school. And so it was funny. I even sent him pictures the other day after watching part of the an episode. I was sending him pictures after that I found on our Facebook because I was looking through like some of my old things trying to find a picture of me and my sister. And I found like pictures of us thinking we were hilarious like in the eighth grade. Actually, you know what? This goes into another guilty pleasure. He also got me on like a really intense musical theater kick oh. back in the day. I listened to so much musical theater. You have no idea. I still know all the words. To so many songs. I think the musicals that he showed me, I didn't. I had never seen them, but I loved the songs. There was one thirteen that was, uh, me and my friend Kara also really loved. There was, um, well, of course, I loved Wicked, but that was like you're normal. Everyone loved. Everyone loved Wicked. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, what was the one called? I can literally picture it in my head. Oh, there was a little Little Women was good, and then there was another one. Oh my gosh! Is opera considered a musical? Oh my god, I'm gonna kill you now. I mean, I guess it might be, but we weren't listening to opera. <laughs> okay, well, my favorite opera is everyone knows this movie, but oh. the Phantom of the Opera. I thought you were gonna say everybody knows that my favorite <gasps> opera. Is song. I just break out. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. Everyone knows this song. Yeah. Um, Wait, have you ever seen the Phantom of the Opera? No. Oh. Uh-uh. No, I didn't I see believe. any. Of, I saw like three of the shows that we ever talked about, but they were all, all of my friends went, not all of my friends, but a couple of them were going through like a musical feeder, theater phase, musical feeder faith. And, <laughs> and Joey was obviously living the his king. Disney dream. So he was always like so good at everything. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to be invested too. But I hadn't seen half of the shows. I was like, nope, I just love the song. Did I know what any of the characters were talking about? Absolutely not. That's basically my link to uh, Fame and Fortune. Joey, if you're listening, much you killed love. it. You killed it. Maddie's your biggest fan. I liked you before I knew someone who knew you. He's really freaking good. Yeah. Okay, let's move along. Don't worry. We listened to all of your feedback, and you guys want some more true crime. So you know what? Yeah. We're giving it to you. And by that, I mean we're giving Maddie nightmares. I'm, like, very paranoid. Like, Corey FaceTimes me every single night just to make sure I get inside my door. Okay, so I probably shouldn't tell you the story that has that gives me nightmares, actually. What? Because that's the one I'm going to tell you. Is it unsolved? <laughs> no. It's not unsolved, but I actually, like, a genuine nightmare about it whenever I woke up the first time after I heard it. I feel like the scariest ones to me are the ones that are unsolved. Okay, well, this one's solved. Okay. So, the first time I heard about this was on a Crime Junkie podcast, obviously, but there's basically, like, no information about this anywhere. I've looked so many places, it's really hard to find information, so I'm going to give you what I have. It's very bizarre. Okay. Bizarre. So I have pictures up, but we're going to post these on our Instagram. Um, this is Charlie Brandt. Uh, have you ever heard of him? Charlie Brandt. No, I have not. Exactly. So this is Terry Brandt, and then this is his niece, Michelle. So we're going to get into all of that. But FYI, Wait, they're all related. Charlie and Terry Brandt are married. Oh, why? Yes. why it's, does... They just don't have a picture together. There's literally no pictures of them. I can't oh. find any. Literally none. Whenever all of this goes down, 2004, 
Charlie Brandt and his wife are living in the Florida Keys. So they're just living their dream. Apparently. Right down the street from us. Basically right down the street, essentially. Terry and Charlie have been together since 1986. And apparently they're that annoying couple that's just like all over each other. They're still in love after all these years. Yada, yada, yada. All over each other. Cute. Sure. Right. I mean, after a while, it's not You know everyone's going to get murdered in that kind of story. You know what I mean? So Charlie moved to Florida in his early teenage years. He worked in the Bahamas for a little bit, but he mostly lived in Florida for his entire life. He was always the Florida people. They're so it's weird. Always the Florida people. Have you done that thing where you search your name? Yeah. Mine was the like you put in your birthday and then you put Florida man. Yeah. Mine was Florida man attempts to kill his neighbor with or to kill his neighbor with kindness. The name of his machete. I remember it specifically. Um, mine is. Florida man was caught dancing on top of a police cruiser, says he was threatened by vampires. Oh, maybe he was. I look like my name is Brian. (laughs) Maddie's holding up a picture that I just put on my close friend story of her, and you don't look like a Brian. You look like a woman, for one. (laughs) No, I do not. You do. I look like a Brian with a ponytail. (laughs) Aw, Maddie, you always look like a Brian with a ponytail to me. Oh, my God. Okay, so Charlie is an engineer. Um, he's known to be really smart, and apparently Charlie and Terry had, like, a little bit of money. So they lived in a nice little house in the Florida Keys. Life is looking pretty good. But in 2004, Hurricane Ivan happens, mm-hmm. and so the Florida Keys needs to evacuate. And Charlie doesn't think that they should evacuate, but Terry um, disagrees with him, and so she convinces him that they're going to go upstate more to go with the rest of their family because um, they're the only ones that live in the Florida Keys. So everybody else, like, lives up in different areas in Florida and stuff. So um, they decide to board up the house, they pack up their car, and they drive out of the Keys. So they decide to go to Orlando to stay with Terry's niece, Michelle, who they're super close with. Terry and Michelle have always been close. It's Terry's sister's daughter. And so she's kind of just like close with Charlie by association. Mm -hmm. Um, So they just decide to make a trip out of it. Michelle's friend was supposed to come over that evening that they get there um, to hang out. But Michelle decides to call her that night. And she's like, hey, we had a little bit to drink. Terry and Charlie are kind of bickering. Um, Maybe you shouldn't stop by. So I guess because they were so close, Michelle's friend knew Terry and Charlie. Uh-huh. And so she was going to come over and say hi to them while they were visiting and stuff. But then she's like, actually, just kidding. It looks it seems like something's going on. It was sort of tense. And so she said, like, maybe you shouldn't stop by tonight. And so her friend stays home that night. And that's that. So Charlie decides that during that visit, he's going to go visit the rest of his family that also is in the Orlando area. And they all say afterwards that nothing is crazy, noteworthy, like nothing out of the ordinary happened that made them think anything weird was going on. The only thing that people did notice, though, in hindsight, was that Charlie seemed like he really wanted to go home the entire time. He just seemed like he was anxious. He wanted to go back and sleep in his own bed. Um, His sister that saw him said that he was annoyed that Terry even insisted that they come and that they board up their house. He thought that it was just dramatic and that Hurricane Ivan wasn't going to be that bad. Was Hurricane Ivan that bad? Mm, I don't know if it was bad in the Keys. I don't think it was crazy bad. I mean, I think it might have depended on where you were, but this is me guessing. But basically, like, that isn't really a cause for any sort of red flags, obviously. It's just, like, he seems irritated. He does. He wants to sleep in his own bed, whatever, whatever. So Terry and Charlie are planning on going home on the 12th. Um, Charlie just seemed like he was over it, just wanted to go home. The night before, their bags are packed, they're by the door, and they're getting ready to leave that early that next morning. They're going to drive back down to the Keys. Um, all of a sudden that night... Charlie decides that he wants to stay for one more day, which is, like, doesn't make any sense. Because he was trying to go home the whole time. Right. The entire time, he's like, oh, my gosh, I want to go home. I want to go home. Their bags are packed by the door to leave early the next morning. And he's like, actually, just kidding. Let's stay another day. Weird. 
Very weird. Fast forward, it's September 13th, 2004. So this is on, they were supposed to, they were planning on going home on the 12th. He decides to stay through the 13th. So on the 13th, Mary Lou, um, Michelle's mother, starts giving them a call to figure out what their plans are, what's happening. Are you still staying there? Mary Lou. It is? It's Mary Luella, but her whole life she was Mary Lou. Really? My sister's Alice and Suzanne, so she's Allie Sue, and I'm Maddie Moo. (laughs) Mary Lou, Allie Sue, and Maddie Moo. It's terrible. I never knew that was why they called you Maddie Moo. Yeah. Well, is that actually why they call you that? That was just my dad always called me Maddie Mooser, and then but for no reason, Moo, Maddie Moo, Maddie Mooser. I like Maddie Moo. I wish we called you that. But now I don't think I can go and grow into it. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. We've already yeah. made our bed. Gotta lie. Okay, carry on. Mary okay. Sue. Nope. Mary, Mary Lou. Lou. You tried. <laughs> um, so Mary Lou can't get a hold of Terry, so she tries Charlie. She can't get a hold of Charlie either. So two days pass by, and she can't get a hold of Michelle, which is her daughter. So Mary Lou calls Debbie, who's one of Michelle's friends, who has a key to Michelle's house. I guess because they're really close. We're really close. You don't have a key to my house. Yeah, but I know the password. To get oh, in. just kidding. We have a code. Yeah, you're right. Every, and everybody knows the code. It's, there's so no I'm point not having that special. Code. Well, okay, no. I would have given you the code out of anyone. Don't worry. I don't like how many people have our door code, though. It freaks me out. Well, why did you give that many people your door well, code? Well, it sounded like a great idea at the time. Okay, anyways. So Debbie goes to Michelle's house, and she starts to get freaked out about going there alone because they haven't heard from Michelle. And so she asks her friend Elisa to come. Debbie goes up to the door. She rings the doorbell, and nothing happens. And so she's waiting there. She's, like, looking through the window, trying to see what the heck's going on. And she starts banging louder and louder. And, the, like, the louder that she's doing it, because she sees their cars there. She knows that they're there. Oh. Um, so she's like, what the heck? This doesn't make any sense. No one's heard from her for two days. Her car's in the driveway. So she's getting louder and louder. And she's, like, starting to get more panicky. So Debbie gets out the key, and but her hands are shaking because she's starting to get nervous. And so she's struggling to get the key in the lock. Um, she goes around, and she realizes, like, she can't – this has never happened before. She can't figure out why she can't get the key in the lock. And so she decides that she's going to go around to all of the windows and try to shimmy them to see if they're kind of loose. And and none of them are. So she gets to the garage window around back. And so she peers into the garage window. Um, There's like a glass door. And inside she can see Michelle's uncle Charlie is hanging in the garage by a bed sheet. What? Yes. So she immediately runs from the garage. Wait, Charlie's dead? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought the girls were going to be dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> is that what you not saying anything means? I don't know. I guess we'll, you'll have to let me talk, Maddie. <laughs> You've been talking this whole time. What are you saying? I know. That's what I hate about these ones is that I feel like I'm out of breath from talking. So um, she runs screaming to the front. She immediately calls 911. She's like inconsolable. They use Debbie's key to get in the front and gain entry. So that's like a weird thing that no one knows that doesn't make sense. They don't know if she was just nervous and shaking and couldn't get it through or if it was like a... I mean, you got to... You got to know in your gut something's wrong to be shaking that bad. Right. And I think you know. Like, if you walk in a – well, not all the time. But I think if you were walking into a murder scene, already knowing you had – if I hadn't talked to you in two days, no one had, and someone told me to go check on you, and you're not answering the door, and I know you you should be there, I'm probably shaking a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It seems weird that she can't get a key in a lock. Right. Though. Yeah, like she's shaking so hard. People yeah. people think that it's like a godsend that that ended up happening, that it was like a fluke thing that thank God because what she would have walked into would have been completely traumatizing. Oh. So much so that whenever police go inside and they manage to get in there, the police come out vomiting immediately. And what? so Debbie is standing out in the front lawn and she's like, oh, my God, thank God I couldn't get in that house. Because the police come out, like, completely shaken So she out. got the key into the door after, but she never went in. 
No, she didn't. The police, the police said you had the key. And so they took the key. They didn't have to like bust on the door. Inside of Michelle's house, they find Terry is slumped over the couch. She has seven seven stab wounds to her chest. Then they go to Michelle's room, um, which is the niece. In Michelle's room, they see her laying on her bed. There's a stab wound in her chest, but she's been completely decapitated. What? Her head is sitting on the bed next to her. Oh, my God. Her body is completely mutilated. Her organs are removed. What? There's Now, here's, here's where it gets even weirder. Her bras and underwear are scattered all around the room, like on the ceiling fans, on the windows. Uh, and they're all Victoria's Secret. I don't know if that was her thing or if that was his thing, whatever, whatever. Oh, that's why he's a Victoria's Secret. So that is why it's called the Victoria's Secret murder. They're just spread all around her mutilated body on her own bed with her head next to her body. Ew. And meanwhile, during all of this, Charlie's hanging in the garage. So Charlie killed them and then killed himself? Um, Basically, that's what the police are thinking must have happened because why would they all die really violently? And then, I mean, he... Kind of suicide. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like no one killed him unless they were to fake a suicide. So basically, no one in their lives knows what to make of this because Charlie and Terry and Michelle were all as normal as it came, as far as anyone knew, or so we thought. So they end up pulling up Charlie's records and they see that he is squeaky clean. They have no idea what a motive is. There's no weird divorce things, no weird life insurance things, no affairs, none of that. So they're like, all of the red flags basically aren't there. They decide that they're going to interview Charlie's family. And one of the first people that they interview is Charlie's sister, Angela. But whenever they meet Angela, his older sister, they find that she's not really that surprised. They ask kind of like, okay, what do you think could have possibly happened that would have made him do this? And Even that is sketchy. Like, imagine Abigail coming to the police station. She's like, oh, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Can't say I'm too shocked. She's like, oh, yeah. Oh, her? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Not yeah. from a mile away. Abby would do that just to be vindictive. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, yeah, her, of course she would. She oh stole all my sweaters in the 10th grade. And oh I knew she God. would murder a whole family. I knew she would do that. She's freaking evil. But, like, um, you got to know your siblings, like, whack. Oh, 100%. I feel like if someone that I knew and loved came home after they killed someone and looked me in the eyes, I would freaking know something's up. I don't think you would. Oh, I I think I would. I think Maybe I would. that's an I think you and I are both very good judges of character and I still think we might not know. No, I think I would know. Because I even know whenever there's been something sketchy that's gone on and you find out about it after the fact and you're like, how the hell did I don't know that? No. Really? Who knows if you would know? I don't know. So, basically Angela says that she isn't that surprised. She tells them um, this actually isn't the first murder that Charlie's ever committed. The sister tells him that? Mm-hmm. And she's been keeping that secret? Um, well, it's not necessarily a secret. What? All right. So we're going to go back to this. So Angela says, last time that he murdered anyone, he was 13. So all of those records are sealed. But I'll tell you about it because I didn't have a reason to tell you before, but now I can tell you. What? So 1971, the Brandt family um, has Angela, who's 15, Charlie is 13, and there's two younger sisters. They live with their mom and dad in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Their mother is eight months pregnant with their fifth child. Um, so it's January 3rd, 1971. The Brants, their normal, like, middle-class family, they're watching TV together, and everyone starts to get ready for bed. Angela goes to her bedroom. She's reading. The little girls are put to sleep by their parents. The mother goes to the bathroom, and she gets in the bathtub, this big eight-month 
pregnant belly. Father is standing over the sink brushing his teeth. He looks out of the corner of his eye while he's brushing his teeth and his wife is in the tub next to him. And he looks out of the corner of his eye and he sees Charlie coming into the bathroom. He says, don't come in because his mom is in the tub. Mm -hmm. And so he's like telling him to wait a second. But Charlie walks in anyway. So his dad turns around and he realizes whenever he turns around that Charlie is holding a gun. What? Charlie lifts the gun, points it at his dad, and fires one shot into his dad's back. He walks over, stands over his mother in the tub. He shoots five rounds into her body. What? Yep. He killed both of his parents? Well, okay. Hold on. It gets gets even wilder. So Angela is in the other room, and she's hearing all of this, like, commotion. She's just reading in her bed after she had a normal night watching TV with her family, thinking, like, nothing is wrong. Oh, my God. So she goes in. Charlie's in the hallway, and he immediately has the gun in her face. Now, he pulls the trigger. And it's empty? And there's a click, but nothing happens. Apparently, like, the gun malfunctioned or it jammed or something. And so she's looking at him like, what the heck? So Charlie and Angela start wrestling for the gun immediately. And while they're wrestling, this just makes me really sad and terrified. She's wrestling him and she's saying, Charlie, what are you doing? I am your sister. I love you. What are you doing? Charlie, stop. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that like the worst thing you've ever heard? Yeah. Oh, it just makes me nauseous. She said that the whole time he had glazed, like a glazed look in his eyes, like he wasn't even there. Like he was completely empty. Um, and then all of a sudden, as they're wrestling for the gun, he just stops and she's looking at him and they're like out of breath wrestling for this gun. And he just says, oh, my God, what did I do? And he like comes to. Yeah. Like he was in a trance and all of a sudden he just like goes back. What? what? Right? I know. So Angela tries to remain calm so that she can keep him calm because she's trying to be like this older a smart sister. smart 15 year old. And then, yeah. She's like, exactly. I'm your sister. I love you. Yeah. Stop. Like yeah. that's. Messes with someone's brain. Normally, a 15-year-old would just be, like, screaming and going crazy. But that, like, brings you back to earth. I was not almost murdered as a 15-year-old, and I was screaming the whole time. (laughs) I was just – just for fun. It was in my car. And she was, like, trying to be the calm one. I know. Like, if you have a reason to not be calm – It's that, yeah. It's that. Your family being murdered um, by your brother. So she basically says to him, we need to leave, but we can't leave without our sister. So you have to go upstairs – and get a blanket so we can wrap them up and take them outside because it's January. It's freezing cold in Indiana. Mm-hmm. She's like, go up, get a blanket, go be with them. We have to get out of here. So he's saying, he's saying, no, I'm not leaving you. Promise me you're not going to leave me. Promise that if I go upstairs, you're not just going to leave. And so she, she promises him. Okay, fine. I won't leave you. So he goes upstairs. This is so sad to me, even though I know he just killed this family. But the whole thing is just sad so he goes upstairs slowly backwards and he's staring at her like as he's walking up slowly and he's like please 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 tell me you're not gonna leave me and she's like i won't leave at the bottom of the steps and he's like i can just picture it like a like a little scrawny 13 year old who like doesn't terrified of himself yeah like if oh god i mean it's terrible but it's horrible so he gets far enough up the stairs that angela just bolts and makes a run for out her front door. So she was lying. Oh, yeah. She's lying through her teeth. She, he just shot her family. Whoa. She apparently has her parents' blood all over her from the whole struggle in the bathroom. And so she's running barefoot through the snow in January, screaming at the top of her lungs. Oh, my god! So she runs to a neighbor's house. She's pounding on the door. And Charlie is running behind her the whole time and he's yelling you promised you wouldn't leave me you promised you wouldn't leave me as she's getting i know isn't it awful terrible i know the whole thing 
She keeps running from Charlie, goes to another neighbor's house. He goes to the first neighbor's house, whose house she was pounding on, and they didn't answer fast enough, so she went on to the next one. And they answered the door while Charlie's there, and he's covered in blood. And he just said, I killed my parents. He told them that? Yep. I mean, what else was he going to do? Yeah. He was just like, well, uh, Jake is up. So the police and the paramedics show up. They manage to save the father because he was just shot once in the back. back. Okay. But the mother and unborn child do not survive. Oh, my gosh. Um, No one knows why Charlie did it. Charlie doesn't know why he did it. He's like, I had – I don't know. I don't know why it happened. I, I have no idea. He loved his mother. Apparently, he was known as the mama's boy in the family. Like, they were attached at the hip. Oh, God. That is terrifying. I know. He was a good kid. He had no issues at school. Grades were good, like as average as it comes, apparently. Like all American family, or so it seemed, I guess. They have him analyzed like a million times. They can't find anything that seems to fit him diagnosis-wise. Wow. That seems to make sense. Um, he spends a year in a mental hospital, and then his father advocates that he should be released. And so he's released after a year into his father's care. They move from Indiana to Florida for a fresh start where no one knows that any of this happened. They don't tell the two younger sisters what happened to their mother. They tell the girls that their mother died in a car accident. What? Mm-hmm. Their so, whole life or do they? Well, yes. Sure their whole they life. find out as an adult. As, as adults, they find out, but they don't know their whole lives. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, That's so, a tough call. In the right? Parent. I don't know what you would do in that situation yeah, as a like parent. Yeah, like what's right. Like protect them oh, and I'm not a parent <laughs> I yeah but I think even when you're a parent you won't really know I don't think so either because then you also have to think if he did it once what if he hurts the rest of my kids right. but he's still my kid yeah I don't know that's a freaking and he's so sorry I mean I know it doesn't matter but it's not like you have this like it was this kid that was a good kid until he had this like so freaky trance state if he wasn't diagnosed with anything there's no like mental category that he fell under at what point do they try children as adults? It depends. I mean, I get. I honestly don't know because they didn't talk anything about the trial with that. Like they. Like, why do some kids? I'm surprised get he tried got out as adults, mm. and some don't. Like, maybe it might have made a difference because of the fact that it was his own family. I don't know. I don't know because I know, like, if it were someone else's family, I could, that was would be a totally different situation. Right. I think the fact that his father advocated to take care of him, I think his family situation, the fact that he was, like, a normal kid up until then. Yeah. Just weird. His mental health was normal. He wasn't, like, a – I guess they didn't see him as dangerous, but, like, dude, killed your pregnant mother. For no reason. That is, like, the description of dangerous. She snapped once. Yeah. Oh. I don't like any of but it. But you don't want a kid institutionalized forever if he, like, really oh, wouldn't yeah, snap again. Oh, yeah, screwed up regardless, can you, Yeah, though. can you have someone institutionalized forever for being, like – Child murderer. Well, like, can you have him institutionalized forever if he isn't going to snap again? Do you lose your right to, And it's for just, everything? like, you, we can't run that risk. Right. But you snapped once whenever you were 13. But you can't run the risk. I'm Like, I get it either way. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. So – Ooh, I don't like that. They decide as a family they're just not going to talk about it, and they're just going to move on. So Charlie's dad remarries. He moves the family back to Indiana, but he leaves Charlie with his grandparents in Florida. Angela said that she was always a little bit scared of Charlie after that, even though she says she worked to forgive him, which, understandable. She tried to keep him away from her kids. She slept with her bedroom door locked whenever he stayed over. Because she was just scared and she told her kids to sleep with their door locked, even though she didn't tell them. They spoke to Charlie's co-workers after the fact just to see if they noticed anything out of the ordinary. And they said that the only thing weird they could think of was the fact that he seemed to be a little bit infatuated with his niece, Michelle. He talked about her all the time. 
And he also referred to her as Victoria's secret. What? I don't know, man. Wait. They did. He just called her that. Like, that's gross. Why would you call your niece that? That's freaking creepy. No, though. exactly. I think he had, like, a weird crush on her. And she's, like, a like a very good-looking, like, yeah, young. Yeah, she was cute. But, I mean, he still was known to be, like, very obsessed with his wife, too. So I don't know what the heck. But why would you kill the person that you're obsessed with? I mean, I guess people do that. If he has, like, a fetish, I don't know, like a violent streak, like a sexual psychopath or something. Ugh. I don't know. So Charlie's... Um, best friend Jim was the only other one who knew about Charlie's past because he was married to Angela at one point. They were divorced at this point. So Angela and Jim were married for a few years, got a divorce. And, but Jim and Charlie are still best friends. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They met through Angela. When Angela and Jim split up, Jim goes to Charlie and is like, we need to go on a fishing weekend and that like, you know, blow off some steam. So they go fishing, they have a few drinks while they're out there on the water, and Jim is going off about Angela and their divorce, and he's ranting, and Charlie says to him, "Um, you know, the most perfect revenge is if you kill someone, then you eat their heart. What? And so Jim is like... Is he thinking he's speaking like, no, you can't even be metaphorical about that. Yeah, like especially you, because Jim, Charlie knows that Jim knows about his parents. Right. And so Jim is like, okay, if you're trying to be like weird, like ha ha, dark humor. Yeah, no, you you you, don't, you aren't allowed to do right. that. Right yeah. after you've killed anyone, you're not allowed to make murder jokes. <laughs> That's just not. You shouldn't. shouldn't do it. I I would be terrified if I was Jim. Right, and then it ends yeah. up being like a weird foreshadowing for the fact that he dismembered Michelle's oh, I body. About that. Yeah, like he has a weird thing, which we're also going to get more into that too. This next part really really freaks me out. People are so creepy. Okay, it gets weirder. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this. I don't think I did. Terry doesn't know about Charlie killing his parents. He never tells her. Angela never tells her. I don't know if Angela thought she knew or if everyone just thought she knew or or what. No one mentions it to her. That's wrong. I would think it should come up. How do you marry someone and not tell them that? Well, like, I'm sure it's not his proudest moment. He doesn't have a trophy in his closet that says, Well, killed yes, my mom but and unborn sibling. I just. I agree. He should have told her. I know. But you run the risk of losing them. Yeah. Which you're right. You probably would. <laughs> oh, that's actually a, that's a good uh, question. I mean, who's going to say yes to a, mur- a murderer? I don't know. I might. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, I don't think I'm. You have to think about that? Well, maybe. I don't know. What? I love, love, man. A murderer. No, I'm thinking, well, okay. In my brain, I'm thinking of the show Dead to Me is where I'm at right now. So in those situations, I'm like, no, I understand. I would definitely be with you. I'm just saying if before you guys met, he murdered someone. If he killed his mom whenever he was 13 and then never did anything again, and it was a weird trance thing and he was completely out of his body and was like, I don't even remember it. But that's what this guy said, and he did it again. No, but then there was other. You know too much. Right. You listen to too much You're right. crap. You're right. I'd be scared every day. You're right. You'd You're be right. scared every day. You're right. Okay, so then you would. Sleep what we're with saying your is, door then locked. we have to say that he was right then in not telling Terry. God, I know ethical dilemmas. Now that we have that out of the way, Terry goes to Jim at one point whenever she's worried about Charlie, and so she apparently had come home early from work one day unexpectedly. And, okay, this is Florida. I don't understand. They had a fish gutting room off of their garage because Charlie was super into fishing. And I guess because they lived on the water in the Keys. They had. I don't know if that's normal. I've never met a person who had a fish gutting room. No. Yeah. I don't know. But we're not from here. I don't know. 
Charlie would go and gut fish and prepare it and do all that stuff. Uh, Terry comes home that day. Charlie's in the fish gutting room and he's completely covered in blood whenever she gets in there. So Jim is like, Terry, I don't know why you're freaking out. Of course there was blood. It's a fish gutting room. There's fish have blood. Of course he's covered. And she is being very serious. And she's like, Jim, you don't understand. There weren't any fish in there. When she came home that day and he was covered in blood, there weren't any fish. She she knew that? She knew there's no fish? She's looking there. around. There's no fish. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to someone? I don't know. Standing in an empty fish gut room and they're saying it's fish blood and there's no fish. I don't. <laughs> How? How do you not do you talk run about it? for your life? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like, okay, maybe you don't see some things, but that's a red flag. Covered in blood. <laughs> Covered in blood, no fish. <laughs> that Covered flag. in blood, no fish. That's red flag. a red flag. Write it down. So going back to that, they also look at – whenever they look at the crime scene, they realize that it looked like it was too clean and meticulous. They think that it couldn't have been his first – murder because of the way that he had the crime scene and everything like that. So there are things found in the home that start to make the police suspicious whenever they go back down to their house in the Florida Keys. They find a collection of anatomy books, an anatomy poster on his bedroom door that has, it's like, it kind of reminds me of the one that Sharon has, but different because Sharon's actually a PA, but it's a picture of a woman's body that's cut in half, but it's like the autopsy, but like here, he's an engineer. You don't need to have a collection of anatomy books. Like, is that just a hobby? No. No. It's called a fetish. His computer search history, he had looked at autopsy photos, snuff films, and necrophilia sites. Ew. So he's got some junk. And that's that one. Yeah. Like, how how are you married to someone for that long and not, uh, not to be like victim blaming, but like, you don't. Know that he has an autopsy fetish. <laughs> it's so specific. Yeah, like if he asks you to play dead while you're having sex, come on. You got to go. You have to leave in the dead of night. You leave all your stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's there's too many weird things to like consciously decide to look past. Yeah, but what if it's like 10 years in? You're like, no, I think I know this person. If Corey starts, like, gathering autopsy books and has blood all over him, I'm (laughs) following him in the car when he doesn't know. And I'm going to find where the blood is from. Well, do you want to know where the blood is from? Because I think we have a little bit of an idea. We'll get there. They find – before that. They find a day planner that Terry had where she wrote small things that she did that day. Some entries – Though, even though it's like some of them are very normal, grocery store, blah, blah, blah. Some were, Charlie stayed out all night. Charlie snuck out of the house at 1 a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of issues with this. I do, too. Did they not – did she not ever confront him? I don't know. Like, why? Well, it's hard to ask her. Hey, I don't know. Hey, are you – She was stabbed seven times in the chest. Are you sleeping – or are you slipping out the of the The idea of getting stabbed in the chest is physically repulsive to me. I, yeah, I don't even want to go there. But how do you not question? Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. I think I would you be and like, I just ask a lot of questions. Why are you slipping out at one a.m. for what? Yeah, do what? you ask that? For, even if are you, you don't think it's me? no, 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 no. I mean, like, I'm saying, how do you not? Exactly. Like as she's leaving the bed at one a.m., you don't think to roll over and say where? Yeah, like where are you going? What? Are you Unless doing? you come back in three minutes with a glass of water. 
or like ice cream. I think if you ignore red flags long enough, then not even that you get used to them, but I think you're like, I'm, I'm too smart for like to have not known this long. So it can't be that. Like if I was with someone for how long were they together? Like 14 years or something like that. And by year 13, I'm like, oh, wait, he might be a murderer. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I would have figured that out a long time ago if he was. No. I think I would get – it'd be like an overconfidence error of like I'm too smart and I would have noticed it before. I think there's a lot of ways you can justify stuff whenever you're desperate. All of that being said, let's figure out where the blood came from, shall we? We shall. They open an investigation. They can't seem to find any official links to anything that they can prove for sure. But they do know that there is um, a woman that Charlie is tied to in the area. Her name is Cherry Perigio. <laughs> I know. Cherry. Who looks at a newborn baby and says? That's her legal name. Yeah, Cherry. Oh. What? what? <laughs> You're mad? Yeah. Cherry. That's like naming your kid Dot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a character named Dot. No, I know someone named Dot. Mm. <laughs> she going to listen? <laughs> no. Okay. She's like 57. I actually... We have a couple 57-year-old listeners. That is We're always terrible. very confused by that age bracket. I just <laughs> – All over me. I literally just spat right across the room at Maddie. Um, okay, this part's really freaky too. Okay, are you ready for like another bleh moment? No. Okay, I'm going to give it to you anyways. Um, Cherry was found in the general area around where they lived in the Florida Keys, decapitated, and her heart had been removed from her body, and she was just found in a rowboat. Ew. Disgusting, right? Dog hairs are also found on another woman's body, and there is DNA matched with dog hairs that is found in Charlie's truck. So the hairs that are found on this dead body, this woman's dead body, are also hairs that are found in Charlie's truck. But Charlie and Terry don't have a dog. Turns out Charlie had taken a friend's dog to a vet and had their dog in his car around the same time that this woman disappeared. What a weird connection. They say that it is up to 20 unsolved cases of women that he could have killed, but they weren't able to definitively tie him to anything. And um, since he hung himself, no one will ever really know. And they didn't have any DNA at the scene or anything like that. So they just have some emaciated bodies found in the Florida Keys within that time frame of like the time that he lived in the Florida Keys, which technically that also makes a really big time frame. Right. For all those 20 women, because from age 13, that's whenever he first murdered his mom, up until, well, you know, then he came, I guess not age 13, what, age like 15, whenever he got released and came down to Florida. Like, how soon after did he kill again? Right, exactly. And every, I'm wondering, like, every time, was it this, like, trance, like, right. oh my god, what have Glazed I done? over eyes. Or did he e- eventually develop this thing and this fascination with, like... He's an engineer, so I guess it kind of makes his brain more methodical. But he wasn't like a surgeon. But he's like taking all these bodies apart. Ew. And the fact that he did that, like, I'm wondering, and I don't actually want to know this, but like the night that it happened, I'm wondering if he like blipped a switch. And he just decided that night, like, oh, no, we'll leave the next day. We're not going to leave. We're going to stay another day, how he decided that. So it was kind of premeditated. Because that wasn't the plan. Uh Uh-uh. No, not originally. I I can't imagine knowing someone for that long. And even if you're a little bit suspicious, I don't think there's ever a point that you would expect someone like, oh my God, right now they're going to kill me. And I've known this person for 20 years. Yeah. How do you look your wife in the face and then stab her in the chest seven times? I don't know. I do not like any part of that. Because I feel like any other murder of, of like someone's husband or wife or something, there's like a separation or a tension or an affair or they're doing it for money mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. But there's like 
there wasn't anything. You guys were seemingly like in love one second and then all of a sudden they stab you in the chest. That makes me never want to get married. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Fine, I won't. If I don't get married, it was my choice. It's because I don't want to get murdered, not because of any other reason. I just, time and time again, these podcasts make me know, sorry. more and more scared. I know. I had no, genuinely had no idea that this many cases even existed. Are you serious? I, and this is probably what do you mean? like. We've only done like two. No. You thought there'd only ever been two murders? I thought there was like Ted Bundy and like one other guy. What? I. Maddie, the show I'm, 2020 has like 3,000 episodes. I'm being like slightly exaggerative. I know there's more than Ted Bundy and that other guy. <sighs> yes. But I. Really? No, I, I don't. No, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. So what do you think? I'm freaked out. Hey, I know that one actually really I'm freaks freaked me. Out. I don't like it. I even just, you see me just. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this look of genuine fear that just came over Maddie's face. <laughs> I'm literally crying. Haley looked over her shoulder and then Emerson violently opened the front door. That was the most genuine fear. I can't wait to listen back at that. This was a scary episode. That was very scary. I don't like any of this. Never have, oh. never will. And that's what I have to say about it. I agree. I actually really don't like this one. This one actually gave me nightmares that scared me for like weeks. Yeah. So I figured I would just transfer that onto you for a little Because I just hate how connected it all is. Yeah. Like with Israel Keys, he killed people that he didn't know. And remember- So it freaks you out more whenever it's someone that they did know? Yeah, because it's like you trusted them. And remember he said, like, if he met somebody or said hi or mm-hmm. engaged in conversation, he couldn't do it? Mm-hmm. That seems a little bit more human. Yeah. But I think that that one freaks me out almost more because a lot of people were just victims of circumstance. No, I'm not saying either one is better. No, I I'm know. I'm just saying this one freaks me out more because then I just run in my head of, like, all the people that anyone I know. Could be that, yeah, anyone. Are you thinking of someone specifically right yeah, now? Yeah, you. Okay. Even watching like like Dead to Me has been stressing me out because I think about the fact of accidentally murdering someone and I could cry. I'm so panicky about it. Yeah. I would have no idea what to do. Me either. Yep. So that is the serial killer, Charlie Brandt, that no one has ever heard of. Um, Cola Brandt. Who is that? Oh, that's that weird, annoying YouTuber guy. Oh, yeah. Um, the one with the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, well, um, we're really bad with outros. Maddie, do you have anything else? Stay safe. Lock your door. Buy pepper spray. Okay, uh, goodbye. Average and audio.